0: Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast, Andrew Musgrove here, I'm joined by John Gibson and we're going to talk about something completely different to the normal, it's still football and you guys can probably guess what the topic of subject is and it is the European Super League. I don't know about you John but I am absolutely fizzing at the suggestion of a breakaway league. Uh, For those who haven't been following it, I don't know where you've been living but let me just briefly explain what the idea is is that we have twelve clubs supposed leading U- European clubs who want to form a breakaway league called the European Super League in which they are playing in it every single year. There's no chance of them falling out of it. Uh, so it removes the element of competition. And for me, John, that's the main part that really has got my go. I mean I am so angry at the thought of just removing the element of competition, because that is what makes the Premier League so special. That's what makes competitive football so special—the the, the chance to dream, the chance to, to, you know, to qualify for Europe, to play in the Champions League, and to yep. remove that spectacle of the game. It's just—it's, you know, I think Gary Neville said it was criminal, and um, I, I, I'm going to agree with him on that statement.
1: Uh, it, it's absolutely outrageous. I mean, the whole concept of football why it is such a worldwide game adored by billions across the globe is because it is a game of dreams you cannot take away dreams from the working man who goes to support his club his whole life in football has been built on dreaming. It is not a vehicle for the rich to get richer and the poor to remain poor. It is a, an entertainment it's same as going to the theatre or the cinema you go to be entertained but even more so you go to dream about your club your city being limitless in what it can achieve. If you take away the dreams You take away the whole essence of football. Football was summed up five years ago when Leicester City won the Premier League title. That is what football is all about for every man jack of us. It is about dreaming that can happen. And that proved, Leicester proved five years ago, that it can happen. And that's what gives football that edge it isn't limited. It isn't uh, claustrophobic. Anything is possible. I am just a typical fan like anybody else, and I've been a dreamer all my life. I've supported Newcastle from being a kid. Uh, I watched them win a European trophy, the European Fair Cup in 1969, I dream of them winning a European trophy again before I die. I I watched Newcastle play in the Champions League. And not only play in the Champions League, but beat Barcelona, beat Juventus, hold the the mighty Inter Milan, beat Inter Milan in the European First Cup the season after we won it. Um, Those are the days why we're in football. And if you take it right to grassroots level, I owned Gateshead for 11 years, and the whole point of buying Gateshead, the whole point of putting blood, sweat and tears into Gateshead for 11 years, is that we could all dream. I could dream of taking Gateshead back into the Football League, which is where I watched them as a kid, albeit in the third division, when I wasn't watching Newcastle United. And... You've got to whether you achieve your dream or not almost doesn't matter. It is the ability to dream. I dream of Newcastle winning the championship again, which we've never done since nineteen twenty seven, the FA Cup, which you haven't done since fifty five. If winning the the Premier League eventually and therefore going into the Champions League and doing whatever. Why not take away those dreams and you take away the lifeblood of football? And by the way, if we were taken over by Saudis and would become as rich as Manchester City and as successful as Manchester City, that is part of the dream. But it doesn't mean that if it happened... I would want Newcastle United to be part of the dirty dozen and to shut the door on everybody else's dreams and just secure football for ourselves. Though I must say, this whole setup I find ironic in the extreme because is it not right up Mike Ashley's street? Not that he would ever achieve it, because he would have to be successful at club level first, but the idea of having a super league where you've got a seat at the top table raking in riches season after season after season without the threat of relegation my would that appeal to somebody like Mike Ashley? only trouble is he hasn't got the the uh the drive the the willingness the wanting to go out and and achieve success for a club but uh, oh I'm absolutely seething I'm with you and I'm with probably every other fan throughout the country how dare our six clubs uh, be so inward looking be so self centred be the way they are I mean we've lost the great owners we've now got owners of Liverpool, who are Americans. Manchester United, who are Americans. Chelsea, with a rush. We've got all these people. Where clubs used to be owned by local businessmen that cared passionately about them. Like when Sir John Hall had Newcastle and when Jack Walker had um, Blackburn Rovers. I mean, Aaron Shearer benefited from both those guys because he won his only medal, the Premier League title under Walker at Blackburn and twice finished uh, runners-up in the Premier League at Newcastle and made two cup finals and uh, Sir John Hall lifting the club to where he did. We've got to be allowed the dreams. How dare six self-centred clubs in this country and 12 clubs throughout Europe kill the dream off for everyone else? It is diabolical. Everybody's up in arms. And I wish the very best of of good fortune to the FAA, to UEFA, to our government, to anybody that can stop this self-centered thing from taking off and becoming part of our culture in the future. Because we've all lost the will to live football-wise if this goes through.
0: Hmm. We'll get on to what those authorities can do in a moment. And there's been plenty of reaction from pundits, from the likes of Shearer, from other Premier League chairmen. And we had Steve Parrish on Sky Sports last night before the Liverpool game saying, you know, he dreams of Crystal Palace getting into to Europe. As naive of that as that may sound, that's what he dreams of. And what's the point if you take it all away? And it of echoes course, what you were. By
1: the way, he's got every right to dream yeah. of that. And, uh, you know, t- clubs that are in the third tier, like Portsmouth and uh, Coventry High and, and, and Sunderland, have got a right to dream of returning to the Premier League and going on from there. Everybody should have a dream. There's no question about that. That is what is the lifeblood of football. And that's what this does. It takes away dreams it tells us all outside of those six know your place and your place is not at the top of that list your place is in the foothills
0: well that's i mean i think we did the we did the west ham preview obviously before uh the weekend gone there and we both said we'd like west ham to you know to get into that top four and it's been refreshing because when you do support and cover a club like newcastle United, where you know The chances of that happening for your club are next to nil. It's refreshing to see the likes of Leicester City and West Ham break up the Monopoly. And it's been refreshing to see Leicester City, after winning the Premier League, their owners could have sat back and said, you know what, we've given our fans something no one expected. We're in the history books, and now we'll just make up the numbers. But they're not doing that. You know, They've invested millions of pounds into a brand new training ground. They're spending money to not just make up the numbers, but to break into that top four and become established. Okay, they narrowly missed out last season. I was good for them. I don't think they're going to miss out this season despite the best efforts of them trying to do so because they seem to be self-destructing a little bit. But I think they'll qualify for the Champions League. And it's it's just that, you know, they're the perfect example of a team, of a journey that I think every football club aspires to to go on to not only qualify for you, but to to stay there. And you cast side have had it briefly, twice in the last kind of 30 years or so. But if you remove this element of competition, as Steve Parish and in Sky Sports, what is the point? What What is the point of the Premier League anymore if you know you can't qualify for, and I'm putting this in inverted commas, the best European competition there is?
1: Well, I mean, we have been so close to breaking into that permanently uh twice in recent times under Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson, where we finished runners-up in the Premier League two successive seasons with KK. And with Bobby, in one season, we uh, finished third top and we played something like 16 Champions League games because there was two... um, group stages where you played in a group and we qualified if you remember when we beat feno and to to go into the second group in that year we played about 15 16 champions league games and still finished third top of the premier league that is as close as you can get to 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 a permanent breakthrough into that situation and it was only um losing the managers and perhaps losing the people that had the drive in the boardroom that stopped it happening then and that was a great tragedy for Newcastle. Newcastle went. If ever you've got a dream, which, all right, it didn't reach complete fulfillment, but it almost did. Why should everybody dream? Because Newcastle, when John Hall took over the club and appointed Kevin Keegan, Newcastle were one game away from going in the old third division. And they ended up with the correct manager, the correct board, and the correct signings going all the way through to second top in the Premier League, called the entertainers, everybody's favourite side in the country, that these days would be rendered useless, uh, pointless, because there would be a ceiling on your ambition forced upon you when there should be no ceiling whatsoever. And, I mean, it is an absolute disgrace. Um, And, you know, what... It is uncomfortable for so many people. I mean, have a look at Liverpool, who Newcastle play at Liverpool this Saturday. Jurgen Klopp, who won the European uh, Champions League with Liverpool a couple of years back and won the Premier League last year, he is called every match he plays, starting at Leeds last night, right through the end of the season, he called them seven cup finals, because we have got to qualify for the Champions League, which means getting into the top four. And it is so important. These are seven cup finals, etc., etc. This is the manager of one of the great clubs in this country saying this, yet within 24 hours, the owners of this club have announced that they're effectively trying to kill off the Champions League the season after next. By doing this breakaway, even Jurgen Klopp, who has found it uncomfortable to talk about the situation because you're talking against your owners, has made it clear that he does not believe in this breakaway competition. And and he's put so much emphasis on what Liverpool must do between now and the end of the season to stay at Europe's top table. It is an absolute nonsense. Newcastle will face full-on Liverpool on Saturday because Klopp wants them to qualify for for the Champions League. They may as well forget it for a season if they want and showboat because they will be in, if it's up to them and it doesn't get killed off, they, w- they will be in this uh, Super League for an eternity. A league without relegation, a league without fear, A league without the excitement of winning it and falling out of it uh, is not a league at all. We have been brought up on a diet of promotion and relegation in our football. In America, it's second nature not to have relegations. We do not like that. We like the fear of flying by the seat of our pants because it produces excitement. If we do the right things, the sky's the limit. If we do the wrong things, we suffer. Isn't that the essence of sport? It is. And by the way, can can you tell me, Andrew, how on earth Spurs qualify to be in the European Super League?
0: Arsenal. Can you tell me how Arsenal is the one I'm finding hilarious? I mean, Spurs is funny enough, but Arsenal...
1: (laughs) Well, it may be, may be on this season, but when Wenger was here, they, they had 25 successive years or something in Europe, they, they reached European finals. Spurs haven't won an egg cup for an absolute eternity. Um, they they are, what, seventh at the moment or whatever, and have sacked the manager because they're doing so bad. But they're, they're suddenly not only one of the elite of Europe, but they're one of the elite for the next 23 seasons. Based on what? Based on the fact that it's... they managed to draw with Newcastle United this season. Based <laughs> on the fact that they appointed the wrong manager, Jose Mourinho. Based on the fact they're playing in the League Cup final this weekend, not having won a cup for an absolute eternity yet. Is it got anything to do with the cash and influence that the board's got in the huge stadium that they play in London, etc., etc.? I mean, the whole thing, you can go through it and pick holes in it left, right, and center. Um, and let's be truthful. Manchester City are only where they are because of the owners that bought the club and poured pseudo amount of money into it, and Chelsea are only where they are because of Abramovich. And so it's, we're going to end up with money dictating everything within football, and all the rest of us can go to hell. And that is an awful, awful uh, way of debasing what is a, a beautiful dream and and what sport is all about. Sport is is made for dreamers, and we all got a right to dream. They've got a right to dream from said all the way up to the the top of the Premier League. It's a natural thing for everybody in the game. Kill that and you, you've killed the golden goose. And in the long term, they will have killed the golden goose in the long term, although we won't be here to see that.
0: Mm. I mean, it's just an idea built on greed, isn't it? And fear. I mean, you mentioned the money. Yeah, that plays a huge part of it. But they're scared of competition. I mean, you look at the likes of Spurs and Arsenal. I mean, what is it? Out of the the six UK or English teams who have put their name forward, four are out of the Champions League spots at the moment. It's, and they're scared. They're scared of the potential of West Ham and Leicester and Everton of, of breaking up this monopoly. And of course. It's an, it's, an, it's an embarrassment.
1: Of course. Of course. But even if it wasn't, Even if you're Manchester United, who haven't won that much for so long, but are still the club that they are. Even if you're Man City, um, even if you're Liverpool with with the Champions League and the Premier League in the last couple of seasons, you have no right to deprive everyone else of their dream. The greatest thing that happened... In football in this country for a long time was Leicester City winning the Premier League title what five seasons ago, with people like Morgan, a centre half who was seen just as a, a rank and file, uh, blood and thunder centre half, etc. etc. With Vardy up front, who at that stage, wonderful player though he is, was a bloke that came out in non-league football and was suddenly playing for England and winning the title with Leicester. Simpson that was at Newcastle and was a, a rank-and-final fullback. has suddenly got a Premier League winner's medal. That is what football is all about. And Leicester have gone to the cup final this year, first time in 50-odd seasons. We have all got a dream, and I dream with Newcastle, United, I'm certain you do, and I'm 100%. certain. 100%. 50- the 50,000 to go to St. James's Park we have a right to to dream that Newcastle United can win the Premier League sometime in the future and can go on and win European trophies why can't we dream that um, because people would have laughed at Leicester dreaming of winning the Premier League six years ago but but it happened and um that's what football's about. Also, if you are a supporter of these six, do you want to be an elite group just because you cannot fall out of it, not because you're good enough or you get results enough, just because you've got the parachute of if, if no relegation, so, you know, we will be there forever. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? I mean, I am, I'm not certain if I'm one of those six that I would enjoy that. I want there to be competition. If not just to keep whoever happens to own my club at the time on the toes. Can you imagine how complacent Mike Ashley would get if, if he suddenly bought a club that was in the European Super League and you couldn't fall out of it? You wouldn't have to invest much, would you? You could play in it every season and finish bottom.
0: Mm. I mean, uh, the the whole concept of dreaming is a really important one, and we know how bad it's been for Newcastle United You know the past couple of seasons, and like I said, right at the start, we know in reality the best Newcastle can hope for is a mid mid mid-table finish at best. You know, but given Newcastle survive this season, and let's say Steve Bruce remains in charge, and we know what's going to happen, but you know, I think every fan just a tiny little bit, you know, if if Newcastle win the first two games and they're up there, they'll they'll dream a little bit and think, oh, can we hold on to this? And yes, it's totally unrealistic, and we know how it'll end. But I think every fan, at some point in the season, whether it be right at the start or after a good few results, you look at it and you think, oh goodness me, could we? Could we? And that's the beauty of it. And if you take it away, then what is the point? It's just, it's just, I'm just absolutely fizzing at the the audacity of these clubs to think they have the right to remove the element of competition, to remove... The joy of qualifying for the Champions League, of them, you know, the, the black sheeps coming in and, and, and surprising everyone, like Newcastle nearly did under Pardue that season. I mean, that was a fantastic season, and Newcastle nearly qualified for the Champions League out of the blue. No one expected it to happen. You know, we had a great run in, in the Europa League the, the following season, but that season we were so close to doing it, and teams deserve the chance to do that and deserve the chance you know, even if just once in a generation to play in the Champions League, to go to these other countries and to, to you know, just to have that experience of, of European nights under the floodlights, which is, you know, I still remember that game against Juventus, you know, Andy Griffins scoring and and just the reaction, you know, and the Gallagher, it's it's a memory sure. that will stay with me for, forever probably. And it's those kind of nights that every club, whether you're in the Championship or the Premier League, d- d- deserve to dream and well, I mean- like, clubs below that as well.
1: I remember sitting there and watching Newcastle play Barcelona, and mm. with quarter of an hour to go, be three up, and uh, Aspria is and Gillespie has ripped them to pieces with all the great players that they also had in those days, which were the pre-Messi days. And um, but you know, and they come back with two at the end, and can we hang on? And yes, we did, and we got one of the great victories in in our history. And those sort of days cannot be denied us in the future or denied any other club. Also, look at it another way. If you're as rich as the Saudis, if the Saudis are successful in this appeal to the Premier League, arbitration, et cetera, et cetera, goes ahead, every Newcastle fan will dream the day that that deal is completed and the Saudis move into St. James's Park and mike ashley moves out they will dream that day of unlimited success for newcastle united they will dream of newcastle united being man city in the future etc whether it happens or not they will dream of that and they ought to dream of that but are we putting messages out to to the rich people of the world that you just must buy the big clubs now, or it's not worth it because there will be a ceiling on your ambition, a ceiling on what you can achieve through investment or through shrewdness or through the best coaches and managers and buying the best players. There's a ceiling on what you can do because other clubs have decided that that's the way it is. And, you know, immediately how, how, much of an incentive are there for people out there that want to buy football clubs if they're told that uh, there's a limitation on how high they can dream because people like the Saudi Arabians they are, haven't got any limitations on anything. They they dream, the big dream, whatever they go going to, whether it's sport, whether it's business, whatever. If you put a lid on those dreams, you're, you're making them perhaps walk away and we are certainly depriving Newcastle United fans after an absolute eternity of support and failure. No championship since 1927. No domestic cup since the FA Cup of 1955. Uh, no European trophy since 1969 when the they one and only European trophy was won. Yet depriving... Those people are thinking those days can return, and I don't see how you can do that. I don't see how you would have the bare-faced cheek to do that. You certainly, Newcastle fans have waited patiently an eternity, and have been accused of being over-ambitious. What a joke that is, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And Now you want to take away that, that last hope that this club can get what it perhaps deserves, what it, historically it's all about. But it can't happen anymore because in uh, Milan say so, and Juventus say so, and Atletico Madrid say so, and Spurs say so. It's absolutely ludicrous. We've got to hope that um, it can be stopped. And exactly how it's going to be stopped, etc., etc., remains to be seen because this has just burst upon us. Yes, the big guns are all lining up against our so-called super or infamous six, uh, from the government to um, all the rest of the Premier League clubs, etc., 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 Um, but there's no question that the Super League clubs will have worked very cleverly and devishly on this behind the scenes before they launched it and they will believe that legally they will be able to get away with this and of course in the end it will boil down to the legal side of it although there will be the threat that if we can isolate those clubs by taking them out of the Premier League and out of other things and, and perhaps UEFA FIFA taking them, the players out of the international club sides that sense may prevail but it's going to be a long war and it's going to be a bloody war and there's absolutely no question about that and in the meantime football will be tearing itself into shreds
0: mm. So we've got Alan Shearer says the the club should be banned from the Premier League immediately we've got people calling for uh, Chelsea to be and Man City to be kicked out of the the Champions League. So obviously they're into the, the the semi-finals, aren't they? This 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 weekend. So they want to see them kicked out of there. We have a brilliant statement from Everton directors, which came out this morning. I'll just read a little bit um, now, John. You know, because yeah. um, I mean I read it and it was just it was just absolutely brilliant. So they say that the backlash is understandable and deserved and has to be listened to. The post Arrogance is not wanted anywhere in football outside of the clubs that have drafted this plan. On everyone associated with Everton, we respectfully ask that the proposals are immediately withdrawn and that the private meetings and practices that have been brought out that have brought our beautiful game to possibly its lowest ever position in terms of trust. And now, um, we urge them all to, to consider what they wish their legacy to be. I mean, it's a big statement, plenty more and absolutely fantastic um, stuff. We've seen Bayern Munich come out and say they're not in favour of it. Uh, I mentioned Steve Parrish. If you didn't watch him last night on Sky Sports, I recommend you go and find the video because he was spot on as well. On the other side, John, we have the chairman or the president of Real Madrid, um, Mr Perez. And I don't know if you've seen his comments that came out last night, but goodness me, if you want to talk about arrogance, then we have a man... Who is? Um, he's not not short of it. You know, he says these plans have been done to save football. He says there's less and less interest in the Champions League, and he claims forty percent of young people are not interested in football. I'd love to know who's been doing his maths.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, there's always been an arrogance around Real Madrid because they see themselves as historically the greatest club in the world and always have been. Going back to the, the you know the days when Di Stefano and everyone was there in the old the roost uh, and they've lived with that aloofness ever since. Um, but it's very you see what really pleases me is that with respect, the evidence statement is absolutely wonderful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I would almost expect them to say it because. They are only the second-best side in their own city, of course. And, and so as outsiders, as Newcastle United or oh, etc cetera, et cetera, they're not going to support this. What gives me real hope is that a powerhouse as big as Bayern Munich have, have come out and said that they're against it because they would have every reason to be self-centered like the, the other... 12 that we've talked about so far and go down that route as could Paris Saint-Germain of course with the current cash and the current situation Um, and the significance is when clubs like Bayern Munich are not being part of this because It would be very easy for them to be self-centered, too, and to say privately, bugger everyone else, we'll just look after each other and flower up the words like Real Madrid are doing, etc., etc. And I'm reassured, I wish for Everton and Newcastle and Tom, Dick and Harry to come out in, in, in arms, and for Alan Shearer, bless him, and Gary Lineker and everyone else, in, and including the Prime Minister. But I'm also amazingly sort of reassured when clubs like Bayern Munich have not fallen for taking the buck. Um, and this is going to have a long way to go, but the the, the worry is that it's not going to be solved quickly, uh, and the minute it gets into um, a situation of arbitration or lawyers, this could go on for an eternity. We are aware of that, Andrew, with how long this takeover has dragged on once the League of Legals and the Premier League and the uh, lawyers on both sides of the camps get involved. How long's a piece of string?
0: Would you ban those clubs? who proposed the Super League, would you kick them out of the Premier League immediately?
1: I don't know whether they would be kicked out immediately. I suggest they wouldn't because the hope would be that they could find... The hope would be of the FA that they could find sense uh, and pull back from the brink before uh, the jump. But I would be tempted to do that. And long-term... If they go ahead with this plan and legally are able to do, they've got to be ostracised absolutely, totally. And they wish to play in their leagues, La Liga, Premier League, Serie A, and midweek play in this competition instead of the Champions League. The three leagues involved at this stage, and there's only three leagues, must ban those clubs from playing in their leagues and leave them with just these matches against each other for the whole season and throw them out the leagues and say, sorry, you're out on your own, you're in this super league with each other, you can rot and play each other twelve times or or, or whatever. Do you think um, Do
0: you think the threat of that though, John, do you think the threat from the Premier League, um, you know, from the government they've hardlined it as well, but you think the threat of being kicked out of the Premier League will be a big enough wake-up call for these six clubs to, to step back from the brink, as you say?
1: I I have a feeling there would be the arrogance of Real Madrid with some of them, which, which would say, we don't need our leagues, etc. But by God, they do. And I think the reality would have to dawn on these clubs. Because quite frankly, what they're trying to do is have the cake and eat it. They still want to play in the Premier League and have all the kudos of the greatest league in the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then in midweek, play in the European Super League instead of taking part in the Champions League. Uh, and so they've got the cake and eat it. Well, we've got to tell them you can't have your cake and eat it, mate. If you want to go out and for the next 23 seasons, play each other, and also if you do this, this will stop other clubs, be it Bayern Munich, be it Paris Saint-Germain, be it anyone else, from taking the bait and joining the situation because it is not a fait company yet. There's a couple of other seats still available on the plane before it takes off and you've got to kill this off and if you can fragment them if you can make somebody wake up be it Spurs be it Chelsea be it Liverpool with Klopp wake up and say sorry we've had second thoughts we are pulling out then it's going to undermine all the rest but we've got to be firm on this. We've got to go in hard. And if necessary, we've got to isolate them. They started it, but we've got to make certain we we'll finish it. And we've got to make certain, if necessary, they are on their own. And they'll have to play each other four or five times a season with no relegation, with nothing for winning the title bar or silver cup. And nothing else. They do not play in the Premier League. They do not play in La Liga. They do not play in Serie A. Sorry. Goodbye. Um, Because if we don't make a stand, if there is a weakness, if all that is happening now just turns out to be so much bluster and no action, then they'll sit tight, weather the storm, and go ahead and wreck football For an eternity. We have got to be so strong it's untrue and turn all the firepower back on them and say, I'll tell you what, pal, you lot will be piranhas. You will be out on your own, in a colony, on your own, playing each other, and nobody else will want to know you. And the world of football will continue the way it has continued until now. And we will produce other great clubs within the Premier League system to replace the ones that's lost because over a period of time, if we isolate them, perhaps Newcastle with the new owners, Leicester with the current owners, etc., etc., who's to say in 10 years' time they will not be the power? That, uh, they, because let us remember that Manchester City um, and Chelsea and Spurs now once, the first two weren't superpowers until they got the the huge owners and Spurs aren't the superpower now even if they think they are um, so those other clubs can come along and be as big as they become because Manchester City weren't the best team in Manchester uh, before they were owned by the, the people that own them now um, and Spurs weren't the best team in North London when Wenger was across the way. So sides can't be built up to replace them. But it, it, if we aren't strong now collectively right across the board, then foot, this lot are going to rip football to bits for everybody by themselves. And um, we've got to be strong, very, very strong, because bullies only recognize uh, aggression. And these clubs are bullies, and we have got to be aggressive and not submissive. In our, It's easy now to come out with a lot of words, I want there to be concerted action. I think there will be, but I want there to be concerted action after the bluster of the words of the first week or 10 days, I'm talking about not from the rank and file people because it's genuine with the fans but from people that actually have some clout and can do something about it the FA, the Premier League UEFA uh, La Liga, CVA they've got to have a meetings together and come out all guns blazing and isolate these clubs that are working football
0: 100% and I'll just end it on you know saying you know, the football should always put the fans first, and as I've mentioned, you know, this idea is built on nothing but greed by clubs, who, in my opinion, are just scared of competition. And I'm, I'm hoping it fails. I'm like you, John. I'm hoping the Premier League, UEFA, FIFA, you know, the British government stands strong, and those clubs who've decided to go out on their own will come crawling back. Will they be forgiven? Is another matter. Can they, you know, persuade their fans? To, to come back to them, that's a, a debate for another day, but hopefully this idea fails because, you know, we need that element of competition within football. It's what makes it great. We need the likes of Leicester, West Ham, hopefully one day Newcastle crashing the party and crashing it permanently because, what, we, you know, what's, absolutely what's the alternative? Andrew,
1: and you know, I look at this season, uh, this turbulent season, with the pandemic and everything that's happened and we haven't had fans in our football grounds in saint james's park and all the other great stadiums for so long and we've all got together and said clubs administrators players we miss the fans the fans are what football is all about we care for the fans please can we have them back well, I'll tell you something. What these six clubs are doing in the Premier League is two-fingering the fans. The very f- We have seen what football is like when you don't consider the fans this season through so nobody's fault because of the pandemic. Don't let us isolate the fans forever. Do not kill a generation of new fans coming up by taking away their dreams. Surely football has learned from this season of all seasons, not to go down the route of dismissing the the part fans play in our game. For God's sake, recognise that the only reason for playing football is to have 50,000 people watching you on a day and creating the most unique atmosphere that sport knows. Let us get back to that. Let us keep football healthy. It's ironic for me, it, at the end of a season where we have learned how much we miss fans, I think we then dismiss fans. Conclusion Criminal. we dare hope for and all this is that all clubs man up. The six Premier League clubs take the blinkers off find they've got a heart instead of a stone inside them and do what is right for the game of football, for the fans of football, and kill this absurd, self-centered idea completely once and for all. And let us get back next season to football the way we love it, with full grounds, with excitement back, and with no fear that the game we've all adored is never going to be the same again. Let's kill off the absurdity of this and get back to football as we know it and as we love it. Everyone deserves that, and we don't want six clubs to wreck it.